Welcome back to another episode of The Record Spinner, The Record Spinner Podcast. I'm your host, Noel, and as always, we're going to be talking about some records tonight. Uh, First and foremost, I hope everyone's doing well out there um, and staying safe and planning safe for the holidays, the upcoming holiday season. Um, Again, stay safe, stay safe, stay safe out there um, this holiday season and enjoy good, good music wherever you are. And wherever you end up. Um, with that, I do want to give a quick uh, quick shout out to all my friends, family, the vinyl community on IG. Thanks for all the love and support over the past week with uh, with all of the clicks that I've received on uh, my last episode about uh, Mr. Sun Ra. Um, I really appreciate all the love and I hope that it continues and I hope that this episode you also love just as much as you've you loved the last episode. I've got great feedback um, in regards to that last episode, so I appreciate it. And here's to here's to hoping we uh, we continue to to impress and entertain and inform and educate. Damn right. All right, let's hop into some music. Uh, so I don't have any news. That was kind of my news up front there. Um, I, I do want to let people know that if I do have vinyl news, like, for example, if um, Miles Davis's br- bitches, bitches, not bridges, bitches brew gets a reissue, if Sun Ra, any Sun Ra record gets a reissue, any, any black jazz, black hip-hop, black soul musician that gets kind of a... Uh, a a revisit if you will um, which is kind of the topic of tonight revisiting Um, but anything like that I will be reporting on I'm not going to go into gossip I'm not going to go into music uh, music gossip or music gossip or whatever I'm not going to do that I'm not a big fan of that stuff already I try to keep that stuff out of my life just too much drama I'm not about the drama I'm about the peace so if you got pieces, if you if, if there's pieces of music that you want to hear about, if there's pieces of sound that you want to hear about, here's the place, not the drama. Don't do that. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, let's hop right into some music finally. Um, as you may hear in the background, um, I don't know if this is working. For some people, I think uh, some of the responses I've gotten have been very positive about the music in the background. Some have said it's kind of tacky. Some have said you can't really hear it, so I don't really know where it, where it really sits. But if you can hear what's on the turntable in the background, it is the long-awaited Don Cherry record, Cherry Jam, that I've been waiting on for, uh, for about two weeks now, not too long. Um, but I got the wrong record last week, and uh, the, the seller finally got me the right one out. And big kudos to him for getting that out so fast. And so far, I've, I can say I've really enjoyed it. It's four tracks on the whole LP. Um, it's a Record Store Day exclusive LP. Um, and so with the exclusive part of that, of course, you know, it, there's all types of really cool features with that. So on the back of the record, it's listed out of two, out of 2000 it's listed which number i have i have 1263 a number that i'm probably going to end up playing in the lottery or something like that I don't, I don't play the lottery whatever 
Um, but but yeah, I'm really excited about uh, the sound of the record as well. Um, it's very different from anything I think I've heard from Don Cherry before. I know he has this in his repertoire, um, but uh, it's not something that I'm very accustomed to because I'm more accustomed to his free jazz and space jazz stuff um, that he is very popular for, obviously. Um, if you don't know, Don Cherry is a trumpet player, flugelhornist, uh, cornetist, I believe, as well. He plays a whole bunch of the horn instruments, um, and he did so back in the 70s. He kind of made a name for himself by being kind of like an Ornette Coleman type in that same genre of kind of being kind of spacey, kind of very uh, showmany, um, very almost comedic but in a in a very introspective in a very um free jazz in a very almost beat poetry type of way think of beat poets but on instruments right um he is a relic in the black community and that's why i'm highlighting him in this part uh because he he deserves to highlight um a few other records that i own of his uh brown rice and uh where is brooklyn where is brooklyn is a, a great record kind of closer to this than brown rice obviously uh, brown rice is super super out there and uh it's one of my it's on my meditation mix honestly so and brown rice is one of those classic records it's very slow moving very uh slow build up to it a uh, beautiful piece of music but um but this is amazing too and you know traditional jazz has a place it's easy listening i don't have to really focus on what's going on with the with the horn i, I kind of can can map everything out really easy that's the beautiful thing about the beginnings of jazz the the bops the post bops the bebops the uh, the cool jazz even like it's very um it's very easy to kind of hum along to sing along to melanize harmonize all that stuff so yeah it's a great record i love it i'm loving it so far i've taken it off the table turntable quite a few times but you know not enough to really uh ride home about it's been kind of the record that's been spinning since i got it uh and i got it what a few days ago um yeah so i've, I've enjoyed it um, the Record Store Day Edition, this is my first time partaking in a Record Store Day Edition um, record, so uh, th that part is kind of cool, I guess, to have the exclusive um, pressing of, of, of a record that has only been, that has only have, that only has 200 or 2,000 copies to it, that's kind of cool, but you know i'm not really into it for that i'm into it for the music and so the music matches the music is good the music makes sense and so i'm happy with that i'm really happy with that another record i want to talk about just briefly i pre-ordered this record maybe two or three weeks ago maybe a month ago i can't recall quite quite accurately um but it was a while ago it was a little while ago um i was of course being shuffled around on my uh on my youtube music that's kind of my music platform right now as far as digital music uh if it's on my phone it's mostly youtube music apple music has gotten too weird with the whole uh, apple streaming service i don't really like that too much because I, I i buy i still buy music digitally too so it's one of those things where i don't want to kind of mix the i don't want to mix my fruits there you know um so i listen to a lot of youtube music um and one there was a song that came across produced by Mad Lib, of course, because, you know, that's I think that's how the, the algorithm was figured. But uh, 
I ended up enjoying the bars that was spit on the, on the record, and I ended up checking out a few more a uh, few more songs from the guy, and I I'm now a fan. I'm a huge fan now, actually. He his message is super beautiful. His delivery is super weird. What he stands for is super powerful. And that is a guy by the name of Pink Sifu. I've enjoyed um, listening to this guy's music, man. It's it's taking me back. I don't have any rappers to kind of relate him to. His sound, it's definitely it's definitely lo-fi. Super heavy with the samples. Super heavy with the distortion, which is all my favorite things in the world. Back when I was into my indie, indie rock alt-rock face back in high school early high school i was a big fan of like anything that had to do with uh with distortion and, and distorting the guitar just disto- distorting the bass i was all over stuff like that so um the fact that he kind of adds all these elements to sample heavy hip-hop i'm a big fan of the distortion of any type of instrument that's being played or even voices that are being re- repeated I love it. Pink Sifu. I don't know where he's from. His Twitter says he's from like Cincinnati and somewhere in Alabama. <clears throat> I don't know how true that is. I mean, you know how you know Twitter is. I have on my Twitter that, you know, do your Googles. And if you Google the name that I have on my Twitter handle, you literally get nothing. So it's like, you know, you can say what you want on Twitter, right? Um, but yeah, I, I would like to know where the guy's from. He, he honestly, to me, he sounds like a Bay Area rapper. He sounds... He sounds very Bay Area, um, or even L.A. area, kind of. I get a vibe of L.A. or Bay Area rapper from him. Um, either way, he's dope. He's really dope. Um, I'm excited to get this project because that will be something I will have to play. I will have to put on the turntable during the show. Maybe not. I don't know, uh, since it is kind of it's vocal heavy. So, you know, that, that kind of doesn't work really well, right? Um, but I suggest you cop it or check it out. It, the the LP title is Fly Sifu, and it's a project with Fly Anakin. Way easier to say than Sifu, right? When you see Sifu, it's like it's S I I F U, so it's like C C E Fu, C E Fu. Um, the concept of the of the record is really cool, really fun. It's uh, it's. Um, it plays off of them working in a record store essentially and so there's some interludes in this project that are really funny uh really uh light-hearted but then again his his message his lyrics his delivery very powerful very weird very quirky but at the same time he's saying something super thought-provoking i think uh to black people especially um and just so you know it's yeah you can consider it some of that hotep uh, black woman is God stuff So if you're not into that Then stay the hell away But like I'm into that I love stuff like that And he drops gems He's dropping science He's dropping math I love it And he's dropping heart man Like that's the main thing I think for me Like I, I kind of feel Where his energy is Where his energy is going Where he's trying to move The listener If they wish to move You know That's the thing You know When the teacher When the student is ready The teacher will teach Right That's what it is Big shout out to Pink Sifu. He uh, liked my tweet, by the way, which is cool. Um, but he, he didn't need to like it, man. Like, honestly, I really feel that way deep down in my soul. Like, his music has been touching me the past few weeks. And I can't I can't say enough about it, man. Like, it's just really awesome stuff to hear. Uh, hip-hop, hip-hop heads, I think you'll love it. Um, 
and, and it's unlike anything I've heard before. I mean, you can say the beats are very, are very, you know, whatever. Like, but he's doing something weird with like the singing and the distorted singing and the rapping and the distorted rapping. Like, he's doing something really unique. I think with that sound. So, keep it up, big bro. And um, and yeah, I hope to like be talking more about your music. So yeah, blessings. One of my other favorite things. Last thing I'm gonna say about this guy. Uh, his visuals are awesome and they always they're always black heavy like you know how some visuals like you can't help it but to see a, a white guy in there and a white guy a white girl in here somewhere and a white girl in there no none of the visuals all his visuals all of them black women black men love it go check them out pink sifu project again fly sifu love it with that <clears throat> with that we're going to go ahead and get into the topic tonight. Uh, the topic tonight is something that comes very uh, very near and dear to me. I'm not going to try to spend too long on it. I am going to cover um, the best record stores in D.C. and why I think they're the best record stores in D.C. Just briefly, of course. This rec- this show was already done previously. Um, and you may know it by the uh, episode 3 fuck the bag policy. I kind of got sidetracked a little bit by uh, by a, a, a policy that is very stupid that happens a lot of times in record stores in D.C. I uh, hope it's a done deal after we get through this pandemic. Um, and I hope record stores have learned that like their ways are stupid. So I'm not going to say too much else on the bag policy. Just go check out that episode if you want to know more. So with that. I'm going to go right into it. Uh, best record store in D.C., best record stores in D.C. I'm going to start, of course, with uh, I'm going to actually I'm going to start with my least favorite of the best and and then go go up to my best, my, my most favorite from there. Um, so I'm going to start with my least favorite, favorite record store in D.C. Uh, that would have to be a place called Songbird. Songbird is a place where you can buy a, a few records here and there. Uh, it's not super vinyl heavy. It's uh, it's a, it's like a, if a Starbucks met 930 Club met Psalm record store. That's what that's what Songbird is. Now, Songbird is an amazing place to go see live music. I went and saw uh, Juju Exchange, a group out of Chicago um, that makes amazing jazz, uh, experimental, uh, kind of futuristic, not futuristic, but like forward moving jazz. Like, so, you know, infused hip hop or jazz fused, jazz infused music. Um, that show was awesome as fuck. Uh, and. I love that show. That show was one of my favorites. And it was it was a very intimate show. Couldn't have been no more than like 200 of us in, in the... Probably wasn't even that much. It's probably like 50 people in the basement just like jamming out to this guy's, these, these guys' music. Um, it was quite awesome. Um, it made me a fan of Juju Exchange and it made me a fan of Songbird um, altogether. They're a great place. During the pandemic, they've actually been doing this really cool thing where outside of, the, of, their, of their store... They actually have this truck where they have musicians playing on. So, like, if you're walking by or if you want to enjoy some live music, you can do so in a very safe manner. I kind of like it. Um, it's, uh, it's a cool concept, and uh, I wish them all the best, man. I, I know stores are going through it right now with the pandemic, and they're a really good store. Really good store. Really good place for a beginner if you're just getting into vinyl and you don't know what, you're, what you really want to buy. 
you can get all like the the classics and the popular stuff there and then worry about you know the gems and uh the really the, the real the real goodies when you you know figure out what your sound what you want your sound to be you know um, so it's a good place to go get all the basics, all the classics. And when I mean, yeah, classics, I mean, like, you know, all the, you know, your, your Miles Davises, all your John Coltrane's, all, all the basic stuff, all your Joy Divisions, if you're into, if you're into that, you know, all that stuff. So check them out. Um, there's only, there's only, I'm going to only do a top three. Um, I'm not going to like talk about, you know, any of the ones I don't like. Fuck you, Red Onion. Red Onion Records is the worst record store in D.C. Um, I've only had one negative experience at a record store, and that was at Red Onion. So that's why I said that. Um, nothing personal. Just fuck you. Anyway. Second place is definitely definitely a place that uh, I enjoy going to. Uh, friendly staff. Amazing uh, customer service and, and friendliness. Um, and, and great knowledge of... of all of their records, all of their many, many records. It's a place called Joint Custody. Joint Custody is also kind of like a vintage shop, so it's not just exclusively a record store, but it's kind of like a, a anything that your grandma would buy for you to wear. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. Um, amazing record selection, though. Uh, I, n- I haven't bought any clothes or, or hats or anything like that, or but I have bought a shit ton of records from them guys, and they are quite, quite the team over there. Uh, shout out to Ambrose, who's the cool, coolest guy over there, and uh, we often talk about uh, you know Makami and all types of rappers from underground to mainstream guys. So like he's a really cool guy. There are other guys that were really cool as well. They're all re- like I said, really friendly, really great selection of records. Uh, lots of good digging i've done there on many a saturday morning saturday afternoons check them out if you're ever in the dc area you won't be disappointed um the best place of course in i i, I covered this before you know like i i, I did this show before so you, you kind of have the just you kind of know what it is and so it's not something that's too surprising but i just wanted to redo the show just to make it known that these places are the best places to go to and um yeah the other places are are good there's no bad place in dc to go get records but these are the places where if you want to get something for your dollar you want to make your dollar stretch you're going to go to one of these three places so that's what it is really the last place the the best place the creme de la creme if you will um is my personal fave and that's some records some records is it's it's paradise man it's like it's like what you think a record store is when you think of a record store essentially um it's smelly cold or hot depending on what time of year it is i've spent many many afternoons sweating over records just thinking about how nasty that is like everyone's sweat dripping on those records like now that we live in this like separated world especially like there was a day where like I would go into the psalm and literally be drenched and covered in sweat just because of how hot it gets in dc obviously um but yeah the sweat would be just like dripping down on the records like soaking the covers oh my god it's horrible can't do that now though um records get delivered to your home (laughs) anyway um psalm is just like i said like 
what you imagine when you think of a record store. It's it's the picture perfect place. Um, you can't go wrong there. It's not too overwhelming because it's in a basement, so it's not like a, where, a music warehouse like a, like a Joe's Paradise, for example, out in Silver Spring. Also a great place to go grab records, but it is it's a little overwhelming for for a new digger. If uh, if you were just starting out collecting records, you'd be a little intimidated at Joe's Record Paradise, but you wouldn't at Psalm. Like Psalm has a, it's very nice, concise, it's very straightforward. A lot of records, but it's not like it's not they're not spaced out there. It's not all over the place. It's not a warehouse of records like like Joe's. Um yeah, special shout out to Joe's and the Record Exchange and to the new place over here in Northeast that I just found out about like two days ago. What is it? Uh, Birdland. Birdland over here in Northeast DC. Apparently we got a record store now over here. It looks very uh, songbirdish, but you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll drop by and we'll, we'll talk about it on maybe next, maybe the next episode. We'll talk about that. Um, actually, next episode, I got a real uh, treat for you guys, so stay tuned for that. Um, uh, I am only two episodes away now um, from completing my first season. I'm only going to do t- 10 episodes for season one, and it was kind of a, a trial thing. I, I wanted to try out um, uh, my, my voice with the records, and I think uh, I've accomplished that and I know I will be back for a second season and and a third hopefully but I do want to kind of weed out some of the the weaknesses of the show and weaknesses of the format and just kind of gonna get some more muscle in this man so uh, i hope you guys bear with me it's not gonna be too long of a break by the way but you know it may be like through the holidays of course so um hope you guys bear with me again i got another great episode uh, lined up for next week and uh, that's been my time Oh, 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 oh,